Welcome to the Inner Source Healing Podcast, the program about healing from toxic abuse. My name is Deborah Ashway. I am a licensed clinical mental health therapist and also a licensed clinical addiction specialist. But I have also been where you are now and have experienced the devastating effects of toxic abuse. It has been a long journey through the path of healing, but when we finally awaken from the trance that is so easy to fall into around toxic people, life can be absolutely amazing. It's like you can finally breathe and live and experience life in full, vivid, extraordinary color. And I wanna help people get there by healing from the dependency, the codependency, the trauma bonding, and the abuse. The healing process brings us through those long-standing false perceptions that held us back from experiencing a more fulfilling and meaningful life. What is toxic love? And in order to understand toxic love, we need to understand authentic love. If you were raised by emotionally immature parents, you likely found yourself in a toxic relationship later on in life. You might not even have had a chance to clearly understand what a healthy relationship actually looks like or what authentic love even is. There are a couple of Greek words that are used to define love and one is agape and the other one is eros. And agape is more in line with authentic love. Authentic love is where there are feelings of deep connection, authenticity, a sense of awe or admiration. It is genuine affection and it is pure without any desire to change anything. There are no conditions in authentic love. There's no selfishness in authentic love because if you want what's best for the source of your affection, you don't want it to change. You only want what's best. Authentic love comes from the soul to another soul and then it's returned again. This is the kind of love that is connected to that Greek word agape. Agape is associated with the greatest good of another. It equates to faithfulness and sacrifice without the expectation of anything in return. This love comes from the soul. It is of our highest self or a connection to even something greater than ourselves. This type of love has nothing to do with the ego, and it doesn't serve any purpose to support the ego in any way. Ego love is something totally different. It is in contrast to authentic love. Ego love is more about loving the personal gains rather than loving the other. What can the other provide? If whatever they provided is no longer needed or no longer valued or no longer offered, then this type of love goes away. There is nothing to gain. There's always conditions to this type of love. This involves control and a feeling of possession. This is transactional and conditional. And the conditions are usually along the lines of something like, I love you if you love me in return or I will no longer love you if you decide something or someone else is more important than me, or I want you to be happy, but only if it has something to do with me, or I love you, but I need you to change this, or I need you to change something about you, or I love you and you're mine. I own you. 
And if you don't allow that, then I no longer feel love for you. Or I love how you make me feel about myself. Or I love you in a physical way. And there's nothing wrong with physical attraction at all. And it can, in fact, serve to greatly enhance authentic love. But physical love without authentic love is still ego-based love. Now, the Greek word to describe this physical flesh-based love is the word eros. And eros is the root word for erotic. And it is filled with sexual desire and lust. And this can feel euphoric. And again, there's nothing wrong with this, but if it exists without agape or without authentic love, then the relationship can really easily become out of balance. A balanced relationship is important. It means that there is reciprocity and that the desire is returned and both people in the relationship desire each other. In a balanced relationship, usually requires at least some amount of selfless love on both parts because there has to be a mutual interest in what is best for all involved or what is best for the relationship as a whole. And it means that each moment consideration is given to how things might impact or affect the other person and therefore the relationship as a whole. So toxic love is Selfish. Toxic love involves selfish love and ego-based love only without that authenticity. And it usually involves love masquerades. Sometimes it can be difficult to tell which kind of love your partner feels for you because of the many masquerades that an emotionally immature person has developed in order to keep their supply of admiration, attention, power, and control. Here's some examples of common masquerades that are played out in couples where one or both partners are not loving each other from a place of authenticity. The first masquerade example is when love equals things, material things, or some form of currency. One partner, let's just say in this example, um, the husband and give him a name, Alan works hard to provide well for his family and he does not understand his wife's repeated pleadings for his love. Let's call his wife Lydia. And Lydia expresses that she doesn't feel loved by Alan anymore. But Alan is shocked and wonders how she can say such a thing. And he points to the beautiful house and to all the nice things that he buys her and then the vacations that they go on and the long hours of his hard work and that that he puts into providing all of these things. So Alan is equating the things that he buys and the things he provides for the love that he offers. And Lydia just wants affection from him. She wants quality time together with him to hold her and kiss her and show her the tenderness and affection that he once did in the beginning. She wants him to spend time with the kids and with her rather than just buying them stuff. And she feels confused because he is different than what she thought he was when they married. Did he put a mask on in the beginning of the relationship to attract her and then rope her into a relationship? Or did he lose himself along the way and then come to believe that the things that he provided were more important than the affection or the time? 
So he has misplaced his values and put priority on the things. The things began to define him and his ego got caught up in it and the relationship became transactional. He treated it like he had to buy their love and in return, they owed him. So the balance was off because there was no measurable way to exchange things for attention or status or compliance. The, um, the payoff was not equal. The affection was not authentic. And this became toxic. It was a toxic relationship because it was ego-based and not authentic. It was not unconditional love or soul-based. Another masquerade would be where love equals ownership. And so when somebody feels unworthy of love, they often compensate their sense of self by trying to control the other person or manipulate their partner into staying in a relationship out of fear that if they don't control that aspect, their partner would leave them. An example of this is when one of the partners constantly checks up on the other partner. So in this case, let's say the wife and we'll call her Martha, says that she loves her husband, which we'll call um, Ethan. But when he leaves the house or when he's out of the room, she goes through his personal belongings, his emails, his texts, and she's trying to make sure that he's not hiding anything or doing anything with anyone else. And she checks up on him when he goes to work or to social functions or even out with friends in hopes of preventing him from becoming attracted to anyone else. And she really wonders how he can truly love her when anyone could easily come along and steal his heart. But she has what is looks like a sense of ownership over him, as if her possession of him ensures that he will be hers or belong to her. He is not free of boundary invasion or free to act on his own accord. She doesn't trust that he feels unconditional love for her because her fear is too strong and her, self, her sense of self is insecure and their love is based on possession and control. Another masquerade is when love equals security. When one of the partners feels like they need the other partner for survival, the relationship can become off balance and transactional, shifting from a deeper, more authentic connection to a superficial and condi and conditional connection. And this is where toxicity breeds because then the relationship becomes about maintaining security in food, shelter, or something that gives them a sense of stability in some way. And an example of this would be if one of the partners feels like they could not make it on their own, either financially or otherwise, and they become so dependent on the other partner that it begins to feel like a burden and this throws the relationship off balance and it becomes toxic when love is shifted to personal gain. In this example, we're going to call the wife Ruth. Let's say Ruth works tirelessly and makes the majority of the combined income. And then the husband, Bernard, stays home and manages the house. Only Bernard contributes significantly less time and effort than the number of hours that Ruth has to devote to work, to earn the household income and keep a roof over their head. So Bernard feels insecure about this, which contributes to feelings of worthlessness, which drains his motivation and energy level. But with when Ruth gets home after work, Bernard is defensive 
because of his insecurities. And Ruth is resentful because she has been working all day and she comes home to a house that's not well managed and she still has to prepare dinner. And so she asks Bernard what he did and if he would please contribute a little bit more since she is feeling exhausted. But Bernard's fear of losing his security, including food and shelter, results in his overly defensive reaction. He gets angry and he tries to convince Ruth that he has been working hard all day. And even though she can clearly see what little effort has actually been put forth into what he tries to claim that he did. And so this relationship is off balance and it becomes toxic when Bernard uses false claims to secure his stake in the household. It is no longer about love or what is best for the relationship, but rather he is vying for his personal security. And then the authenticity of the love becomes clouded with the self-serving motives. And this is what turns the relationship into being a toxic relationship. And it's not always easy to tell the difference between authentic love and toxic love because you still feel genuine love, or at least there is a base of genuine love underneath the resentment and arguments and the struggles. So here's some things to look for if you're wondering how your significant other feels. One thing to look for is power struggles. And an example of this is if one partner believes or feels that when the other partner doesn't do what they want, then they must not love them. It sounds like, if you love me, then you would, and then fill in the blank. This is not always something that is said out loud, but you can see signs of it in a relationship when the power is unequal. When you find yourself competing for your needs to be met, the focus might be self-serving rather than relationship serving one side or the other. So this might be a red flag. If you notice this from your partner, then see that as a red flag. Does he or she seem to want the best of something, whether it's food or space or time or something else? And there's a lot of things that are gonna show up in power struggles or when the power is unbalanced. And one of them is communication difficulties. Pay attention to the tone of the dialogue. Is there a genuine underlying current of respect? Or do the conversations seem to be laced with sarcasm, contempt, criticism? And watch the energy of the communication. Is there equal transmission of receiving and sending information? Or does communication flow more in one direction than the other? Do you understand each other? Or do you find yourself repeating things because you weren't listened to the first time or the first several times? Or what you said went in one ear and out the other as if it wasn't important? Do you find that the meaning of things that you say routinely get twisted or misunderstood? Does it ever feel like you're beating your head against a wall trying to get your partner to understand what you said or did? Another thing you're going to find is blaming. Do you feel like you're on the defense a lot of the time? Are things being blamed on you frequently? And this is used to keep the power dynamic tilted towards the toxic individual to give them the sense of power. And this also helps them avoid accountability as well as keep you on the defense. Another thing that you're going to notice 
is hanging on to past issues. Things that happened in the past might be brought up again and again. Toxic behavior includes holding on to grudges for a long time, even after the matters have been resolved. Manipulators have a very long-term memory when it comes to any mistakes or wrongdoings on your part, but almost no memory when it comes to their part. Again, the perceived power is in the hands of the toxic one by constantly reminding the other of the past mistakes. And if you're the one being constantly reminded of your past mistakes, then you're going to probably be left with a feeling that you need to make up for your wrongdoings or allow more leeway for your partner to get away with things that would normally be hurtful or selfish to sort of, in your mind, even the playing field or alleviate you of guilt of your past mistakes. And it's kind of like having a debt that never goes away. Another thing that you're going to see is controlling behaviors. And this includes monitoring your whereabouts, knowing your location at all times, listening to your phone conversations, checking your phone and your texts and your social media. And they might get irritated if you don't answer your calls or your texts from them soon enough. And oftentimes they'll sit nearby when you're on a phone call and then they'll even chime in as if they're part of the conversation. Or they might make remarks after you end the call about what you said or what you should have said. Isolation is a form of control. And pay attention. Do you ever notice your friend group diminishing or your family members backing off? They might try to manage your money, how much you spend, how much you make, what you spend your money on. They might monitor it. They might monitor your time, such as um, commenting on how you spend your time or who you spend your time with. Um, this, is, this is a big thing with controllers. And they also might try to influence or control what you wear or you eat or you drink. There's going to be many different forms of this, and they're going to be, there's going to be many different tactics used for this. And gaslighting is just one example. And there's just a whole slew of manipulative tactics that are used to control, which are talked more in depth in some of my other podcasts. But there's also things to look for, such as patterns of disrespect. And one or two times of forgetting something is really within a normal range. But when you notice a pattern of consistently forgetting important things, I mean, that could be a sign that someone is more focused on themselves than on the relationship as a whole. And same with being late. I mean, we all get caught up being late once in a while and we find ourselves racing to be on time, but chronically being late shows disrespect for others' time. Even waiting until the last minute before gathering everything that is, that's needed or doing everything that needs to be done before walking out the door instead of planning ahead can be a display of disrespect if it happens every time you and your partner are about to leave or every time you need to go somewhere. And there's a difference between people who genuinely struggle with being on time and a pattern of disrespect in this regard. People who struggle will try to alter their habits once they learn that it negatively affects the other. And you're going to see some changes and even some improvements. But people who are wrapped up in themselves and are generally controlling just don't care. They don't care that much about other people's time. And so they don't see it that way. In fact, they might even see it as a power play. Another thing to look for, 
as a sign that you might be in a toxic relationship is high anxiety. Whenever you are consistently around someone who throws the power balance off intentionally for their personal gain, you're going to notice an increase in your own anxiety. If you find yourself constantly on edge when the other person is around, you might want to take notice of that. Even when they're out of your sight for a little while, but anticipating their return causes stress, ask yourself why. Pay attention to when your anxiety levels increase and decrease. People who seek power generally cause a lot of stress in others. When we're around these people, we tend to go into a fight, flight, or freeze mode more frequently. And then we stay there for longer, which really wreaks havoc on our bodies and our immune system because it eats up so much energy. Another sign that's pretty well known um, to look for in a toxic relationship is walking on eggshells or a sense of tippy-toeing around. I'm sure you've heard that expression before but you're worried about the next step that you take or the next thing that might set somebody off. And this is a very uneasy feeling, and it can also lead to increased anxiety. And you've learned through a repeated pattern of their outbursts or maybe their accusations or their guilt trips or their playing the victim, whatever they're using, you've learned this from repeated episodes of this to avoid certain subjects. And you also might have been conditioned through negative consequences to avoid conflict. And this includes anything that could upset them. So even your own emotions could cause a negative reaction from a controlling person because they wouldn't be able to accept that they did anything to cause your emotions to be affected. And certainly calling them out on it or holding them accountable will definitely cause conflict. So you avoid doing that as well. And then you end up keeping all of these issues to yourself, further increasing anxiety. Another thing is obviously lack of accountability. When both partners in a relationship take accountability and recognize the things that may have been contributing to problems in the relationship, balance can be restored. But without both parties doing that, the relationship will remain off balance unhealthy, and toxic. And authentic love helps with restoring balance because authentic love, with authentic love, there is a genuine interest in the health of the other and in the health of the relationship. With toxic love, there's really only an interest in the self and which that does not serve the relationship at all. In fact, it just causes more damage. So the bottom line is what is toxic love? It is selfish, self-serving, and not interested in the other, not interested in the greater good, whereas authentic love cares deeply and genuinely for others. Authentic love is truly heartfelt, and it comes from the soul. Toxic love is ego, and it comes from the ego or the need to control, which is why it will chip away at your sense of self. If the thought ever crosses your mind about how you used to be before you were in this relationship, please pay attention to that. A toxic relationship really requires you to give up parts of yourself for the sake of the other. And when you feel drained because you have been subtly turned away 
from yourself, from your highest, wisest self, from your truest self, for the validation of someone else. In a healthy relationship with authentic love, you're actually encouraged to be the truest version of yourself and feel loved and accepted for that. And you'll also feel a love and acceptance of the other. And for the relationship as a whole, it is a source of support and strength. A healthy relationship builds you up and adds more to your soul. It increases your energy and well-being. And we all deserve to be, and we must be, in fact, the truest, most authentic versions of ourselves in all of our relationships. Thank you for listening to the Inner Source Healing Podcast. It is important to give yourself the self-compassion that you deserve. And remember that your feelings matter. If you want more information or if you want to contact me, please visit my website at www.innersourcetherapy.com.